0: is a
1: fallen woman
0: Hello and welcome to episode 129 of section 138. I like I'm at a loss for what we talk about with the Blue Jays right now. It's pretty brutal to be a Blue Jay fan, and I imagine to be on the team right now, but as always joined by Bryson and Jacob.
2: Yeah, uh I'm not doing very good. Um, you know, these last three games as well, just I don't even know Like, Yeah, I'm at a loss for words. I'm shocked. Um You know, probably three important games, one of the most important games of the month for them before the schedule started to become more favorable on paper, and uh, unfortunately the Jays get zero wins out of it. So uh, we'll see what happens from here, but yeah, uh, disappointing uh, homestand for sure.
0: Yeah, I really thought this would be an easy series. You heard me last time, I said I thought the Blue Jays would sweep this, and the Yankees would roll over, but man, oh man, how are you, Jacob? (sighs)
1: See, I I can take losses. I'm a fan of all the Toronto teams, so I know what losses are like. But to lose in the way that they lost it three straight days, oh man, that's just, it's brutal. And maybe this is the first time we see one of those players-only meetings since, what was it, 2017? Because something's not right, and this this team, it's it's embarrassing. Like, I'll put it that way. You can't lose those three games the way you did and make all those mistakes. It just can't happen on a major league field.
0: Yeah, the Blue Jays, after three blown leads of leading in the 7th inning or later um every single game of this series they now lead baseball with 10 games um they they lose after leading in the 7th inning or later um the yankees this is the first time in yankees history that they've ever swept a three game series on the road despite trailing in the 7th inning or later in every game uh i i don't know i don't know There's just this team. I, I had faith in this team. I think I still have faith in this team, but it's really hard. And I, I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to emotionally disconnect right now from what they're doing because it's just too hard to watch. And you know, it's going to end in disaster no matter what happens. So you just hope for the best. Like I, I don't know. What are your guys thoughts?
1: I'll say this is, this is where it gets tough, not just being a regular fan, because if this was any other team, I would just probably ignore them for 24 hours, but I can't, and I don't want to, I want to see what's wrong with this team, and it's just, they didn't perform well, you know, you look at the offensive numbers, pretty much the most anybody had gotten in terms of hits in a single game was two, I think Bo Bichette had two in the first game, and Randall Grichuk had two in the last game, or Reese McGuire, I think, had 3 actually. So most was 3, but like everybody else had 1 or or no hits in a game. And that that's not very good. Even Vladimir Guerrero Jr. only 3 for 12 in the entire series, reached base 4 times with one walk in in the first game. Other than that, everything else was pretty bad. Like An- Anthony Castro, you look at him, re- only retired two batters in the whole series and was charged with six earned runs. It's not good, like th- especially considering he was one of the better relievers that the Blue Jays had and he was one of the only ones that I think we can say he, that Charlie Montoyo could rely on. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, we talk about w- why were certain relievers in the game, why were they not in the game. Anthony Castro, you know, he was one of the best relievers that they had, and, he, you know, coming into this series, he just, he struggled. He wasn't very good, and now what? Montoyo has maybe one bullpen option? I don't know. Like, th- that's, I think, the, the bigger thing that I'm concerning, concerned about, uh, and also, Mark, you mentioned that the 10 runs or 10 losses when leading after this the seventh inning uh, is the most in baseball. Half of those have come within the last week. And I mean, I don't want to add more salt to the wound, but like the team, they've just been butchering games and that's it. I, I really don't know where they go from here. Schedule does get a bit easier. They have three games against the Orioles starting tonight, two then against the Miami Marlins and then four against the Orioles again. Hopefully they can rebound, hopefully they can get, gain some momentum, maybe win both of or all three of those d- series, but something's gonna have to change, something drastic's gonna have to change, because, you know, I hate to say this, but if you're supposed to be a contending team, you can't you, you can't make excuses when you lose against the good teams, and yeah, it's great to say that they have a, a bit of an easier patch in the schedule, but okay, so you win those series, and then you lose to the Yankees, or you lose to who I don't know the Red Sox in the next series. What does that say about their postseason chances? Cuz if you're in the playoffs, you got to beat the good teams and they they got beat by a good team, but they also beat themselves up with errors and misplays and overall just it was a, it was a terrible series for them.
2: It, it really was. And when you look at it now, uh in my opinion, I think everyone can agree is that the best thing to happen to them right now is the schedule coming up. And unfortunately, uh it just throughout the last two weeks the Jays just haven't gotten it done and the worst part that frustrates me it's this Yankees team this year isn't good either that's why it frustrates me it's not like you're losing to a powerful Bronx Bombers team uh they're kind of right where the Jays are and then for them I think it's been their offense that's been struggling that's what makes it even worse and for a team that struggled this year as much as the Yankees have they sure as heck the Jays made them sure as heck look good in the series in Buffalo so that's where um I'm frustrated but Throughout these three games, yeah, yeah, it's just um, unfortunately the bullpen again falling apart late in the game. In that situation, I don't know what else you want Charlie Montoyo to do. He's going through every people. Jacoby mentioned mentioned Castro's rough series. His ERA is up to like 517 now, and it was just below three, I guess, at the start of the series. So there you go for that. And then, um, you know, something that also highlights me is that Hanjin Ryu, uh, the ace of the team, who we, we also spoke about last week in terms of or should we be worried about him or not. Uh, he had another start here where he just wasn't as sharp. I mean, I, it was it was still a decent start overall. It was six innings and three earned runs, four walks, though, and three strikeouts. But unfortunately, that's not as sharp as what we need out of an ace. And for someone who's going to lead the rotation as well, that's where, uh, unfortunately, you get a little bit worried in terms of like, what the heck's going on with him. And you hope that he figures it out eventually as well. But it's just, I don't, you know, I'm just like at a loss because especially with Rio over the last 15 days in the area of 6.11, So that's not good at all. And that's not going to cut it. And that's one game alone. Uh, the game, the second game, which was on the, the Wednesday, I think that was the game where, you know, that's another game that slipped away from them. And the, especially these first two games were games I think that slipped away from them. The game on the, uh, yesterday, which was game three, I'd probably still give the edge to the Yankees on that. If the Jays ran into some bad luck, Aaron Judge, Rob Cavambigio of a uh, two-run home run off the right field wall, that could have changed, I guess, the outcome of the game. Uh, maybe you could have changed what happened in the future, but either way, I'm not, you know, I'm, it's these first two games that are really bothering me here, and I know for Ross Stripling as well, he came in, uh, allowed two earned, well, two earned runs, unfortunately he was pulled after because of Dolice. and Dolis uh, all of a sudden throws four pitches and all of a sudden he's hurt, so... The Jays lose another reliever while they're at it, something that we've seen all year. So it just it feels like everything that we've been talking about this year has gone. You know, it just this year this series kind of was their season right now in writing. And of course, yesterday too the uh, the triple play. I mean, I don't know what the heck was going on with Marcus Simeon. I don't know what was going on with Bo Bichette. I know Bo Bichette was blaming himself after in terms of um, the base running miscue. But either way, all all of them were at fault. And then even going back to the game two on or Game 2, was that they the Jays had runners on 2nd and 3rd with nobody out, and they couldn't bring home one run to tie it, and they couldn't bring home a go-ahead run to win the game. They couldn't do that either. So it's just everything that you've been dealing with this series pretty much described the Blue Jays season so far in the worst-case scenario. And that's why it's just... It was just a deflating series, a draining series from all of us, I'm sure everyone can tell based on how we're talking here. It's just a lot of us, too, are kind of out of answers. I mean... I know George Springer is going to be coming back. Maybe that's something to look forward to. He uh, hit a double yesterday in his rehab or rehab game uh, with Triple A, so that's something. He's supposed to be back soon. You have other arms that are supposed to be getting closer as well. Um, but other than that, I just yeah, I don't I don't know what happens from here, unfortunately. But like I said, the best thing for them is that they have Baltimore, they have Miami, they have Seattle They close out the month of June. And, um, they couldn't come soon enough because right now they're now one game below 500. They need in my opinion, they need to survive. And for the next couple of weeks, I don't know if it's possible based on what we've seen, it really isn't looking good right now, but they do, they do need to survive around 500, get a little bit of above 500, uh, if they want to stay in this playoff picture, the division now, I believe it's eight, eight or nine games back again. And the wild card as well. The Jays are about five and a half, six and a half games out of the second wild card spot now too. So not only were they falling out of the division race, now they're slowly falling out of the wild card race, and they really need to get something going. There's a lot of area of improvement that they need on this team. You can even argue that they need a left-handed at-bat, because Rowdy Telez this year hasn't cut it. And of course, we know that they need starting pitching, they need bullpen pitching, and we just don't know when it's coming, but we do know that it's something they need. And if you're Ross Atkins now and Mark Shapiro, how many more games do you need to see And, you know, for you not to pick up the phone and try and get something done within the next few days. Mark, you were saying you wanted something done by the end of this Yankee series. And I guess it's still possible. We just haven't heard anything. But I don't know what else they want them to see in terms of, you know, the the bullpen collapsing, Dolis going down now. And now, yeah, Anthony Castro, who was supposed to be the second most reliable reliever, all of a sudden has an ERA above five. So it just remains Jordan Romano. And uh, I don't know where we go from here at all, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, the only thing I can think of with the bullpen is that, A, they're waiting for internal options to get back. I mean, we saw Patrick Murphy come back um, this series from, I think it was a 60-day IL. We know Julian Merriweather is supposed to be back at some point, hopefully by the end of the month. We'll see how likely that is. That probably gets pushed back. Ryan Brucke is someone that's still missing. Tommy Malone is also on the injured list. So maybe they're waiting for some of these guys to get back. The other thought is that like, maybe they just aren't trying to win this year and that would be new to all of us. But I don't know how you justify not making this move when it is so desperately clearly needed. And I think the problem is the bullpen issues have, it, it seems like they've ruined the team morale. Like it, it seems like now you have no chance of winning no matter what you do, and I think it's just taking the wind out of the Blue Jays' sails. Like, going back to that Boston series, series before that, I I think even though they were losing some games, right, they lost 2-4, like, it looked like they were fighting. To me, in this Yankees, it just feels like it's, it's like a fate accompli. Like, when you play a game, you're gonna lose. It just feels like it's automatic, and like, the wind has been taken out of this team's sails, and... I don't know how you solve that it I don't know I I was confident heading into this Baltimore series into this Miami series that the Blue Jays were a good team they would bounce back they would get the luck of the easy schedule but now even against these teams I don't know if that's possible or right, the Yankees had been like what 5 and 15 in their last games before coming into this series they had I think they lost two of three to the twins, or maybe they won two of three. But against the twins, you should sweep them all the time. And yet, here we are, and they sweep the Blue Jays. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. It just feels like they aren't fighting anymore. Like they aren't even trying to win. And it's not like they're not trying to win, but they just can't win no matter what they do. I don't know. I don't know how you solve this. Mm
1: hmm. One of the sad things is I'm starting to notice whenever there's a misplay on anywhere in the field, you're starting to see guys shrug their shoulders and kind of throw their arms and hit their legs with it. And you can tell that they're frustrated. Like, obviously, nobody's going to completely show up their teammates. I know that did happen in the series, but I mean, Ross Stripling, he, he owned it and he, he said he was embarrassed by it. But other than that, like, you see, got, like, uh, TJ through made a throwing error in, I think it was like the first inning, ball went into the outfield, and you see Marcus Simeon kind of just shrug his shoulders and go like, okay, like, what's going on here, guys? Like, at, at some point, you're starting to see guys get frustrated, and you watch them come off the field after that triple play, and, and they're just, they are they look like they, they're just frustrated. They're fed up, and I don't blame them. I mean, as fans, I think we're starting to get fed up. I can only imagine you know, what's it, what it's like to be on that field, and it's, you know, it's a it's a sad thing, obviously, the, technically, they were the home team in that game, or in all three of those games, but I'm sure they don't feel like they're truly at home, this is in Toronto, and it's just, it's, it's a weird situation, they're like, yeah, we're on the road, we're not playing well, and they're just, they're starting to get fret, fed up with it, and one thing I, I believe it was Joe Siddle on one of the pre-game or post-game shows, but he mentioned something that was interesting, and he said at some point, all these players on the field, the position players, when they see a guy come into the the game from the bullpen, eventually they're going to start cursing themselves internally, like nobody's going to say anything out loud, like why is this guy coming out, but you got to think that at some point, these guys are thinking, like come on, like get it together, why do do you have a 6 ERA this season, or like how come you can't get outs, and Obviously, they're teammates and they're not going to say that to their faces, but you're starting to see the frustration. Like, come on, guys, we need to win. You know, we're doing our job. We're up five to two, where we're up four to three. Like, how do we keep blowing these games? And that's the, I, I think that's the, the, one of the tougher things about baseball is you can have a good offense, but if your starting pitching's bad, you're not going to win. Or if your starting pitching's good, which it actually has been pretty good, they now have, I mean, minus Steven Matz, they have a full rotation. You have a bad bullpen. And I mean, what do we see? You get swept by the Yankees. And uh, honestly, that's just, it's the toughest thing because like you don't want to pinpoint and say like you, you, like this group of people on the team are not doing their job, but that's kind of where we're at. And that's what you have to do. Now, where do you move from here? Do you wait for those guys to come from the injured list? Probably not a bad option. Not a bad idea. You got some good guys coming back. But at the same time, that doesn't help you tonight against the Baltimore Orioles. And they got to make some moves and something's got to change. Because you, as we've seen, you can't out-hit and outscore your opponents. Because what did that happen? Two blown games or three blown games. But game two was a, was a low-scoring affair. So, I mean, honestly, that could have gone either way. But not a good series. And you're really starting to see guys get fed up and say, like, how, like how do we keep blowing these games? How are we three weeks ago six games over 500 and now we're under 500 like it's just it's it's just a slap in the face for a lot of these guys and Charlie Montoya was getting fed up with it too like you see I like obviously we can blame him when he mismanages the bullpen but at some point this is not on him it's not on him blowing the game because okay Anthony Castro has been struggling so like he had a bad series this series but most of those earned runs came in the third one but so you put him in in, in that game three he struggles, like, at some point, like, your good guys need to, need to step it up, and the guys that aren't, aren't doing well, they need to, to turn things around, you can't say is a bad manager for putting pitcher A in the game, and then pitcher A struggles, because your, people were going to say the same thing if, if another guy went in, and that's where I'm starting to defend Charlie Montoya, and say, okay, well, hang on, guys, people need to, like, actually do their job on the field, if you mismanage it, sure, fair enough, you can criticize that. But the guys on the mound, guys on the field, guys at the plate, they just haven't been doing their job, and it, it it's just such a bad way to to end an AL East opponent matchup. And I mean, I believe the Blue Jays are not going to see the Yankees till like September now, so it, it'll be interesting. But still, even like they've you don't see the Yankees, you got to win against other teams, so. I don't know. Something's going to have definitely change.
2: And hopefully it's a home game the next time they play each other. So that's what I'm hoping for as well. But the thing is, Jacob, like I agree with you. It could be because obviously all year, this has been divided in terms of the Montoya slander. And I believe, you know, Mark and I too have defended him at most points. And I think the only really time where you can fully blame him Or at least a lot of people did was the recent series in Boston in terms of what happened with Dolis and uh, But other than that, the
0: decision in Cleveland to not have anyone warming up. Yeah, that's true. The
2: the Chatwood game. The Chatwood game. So, other than those two situations, I think all of us are kind of understood like the struggle and I guess like the situation he's in in terms of the bullpen management. A lot of people do, but I know there's also a divided fan base, to, to your point, who doesn't. But I think his post-game press conference a couple days ago, summed it up perfectly. And you could tell he was frustrated too. He dropped an F-bomb right on uh, their interview and he pretty much said, these are the guys we have. So in that situation, it's hard to argue with him because he's right. He's not lying to you about that at all. And he's all all, all he's trying to do is put in situ- guys in situations now and kind of giving everybody a chance. So the only thing I can think of now is that I mean, Tyler Chatwood, I believe, I mean, at this point, I think you you got nobody else. You have to assume he's going to get another chance now late in games as well. He's had a couple good scoreless outings his past few appearances, so that's somewhat okay. But I'm just, you know, I'm worried about, I'm not worried about the, uh, what do you call it, in terms of the guys coming back, the internal guys coming back, and, you know, the Jays being patient in terms of not making a trade. The standings are is is what's really worrying me, and I think I mean I'm looking at it too right now, and I I mentioned it eight and a half games right now out of first place, and the wildcards, and we know we know how the wild card is. There's so many teams involved. There's uh, right above the Jays right now. There's the Angels. There's the Mariners. The Mariners are in a, are tied with the Blue Jays in terms of games backs so of the second wild card. There's the Yankees. There's Cleveland. There's Houston, and the Jays are six and a half games out. And how much worse could it get? I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. But the other thing, too, is, I mean, hopefully within the next month or two months, you can look back at this stretch and laugh at it, not even just kind of realize how different of a situation this was in, because this is an all-time low in terms of the Blue Jay season, is and that's what we think. I mean, we don't really think it can get worse from here. I mean, you never know, but at this point, it, it, it really is. And you hope to look back here at the end of the year and look back and kind of say, okay, what a difference this team made down the stretch. But at the same time, you're also going to look back at these games regardless and realize how many winnable games that you lost and how that's going to impact your record because we really don't know what the playoff picture is going to look like. It's way too early for that. But at the end of the year, you're going to take a look at it and you're going to see a lot of games that you could have won. And how much better would that have made the Jays in terms of where they sit in the standings? I mean, it's possible, right? So, And even this week too. I mean, past the seventh inning is when the Jays have fallen apart. And in those three games alone, too, the offense has scored zero runs past the seventh inning in this Yankee series. However, in game one, they allow three runs. So two in the seventh, uh, one in the eighth. And then in game two, they allow two runs, in the, uh, two runs in the seventh inning. That's what it was. And again, the Jays had nothing. And then, of course, yesterday as well, four runs in the seventh inning and one in the ninth. So it's the late game collapses that are hurting this team. And right now, I feel like the only way that they're going to win is is if they're up 10 nothing or something like that 10-1 10-2. They need a lot of offense and that's hard to ask for obviously in terms of putting up that amount of runs before like the middle innings and that's something that it feels like the only way that's they're going to win right now but other than that uh blatant games we, you guys mentioned the stat now the MLB worst in terms of leads coming out of the 7th inning or something like that and um the Jays just allow runs each time. So yeah, the the next time you see the Yankees or at least when the Jays host them is going to be in September even maybe I think they play a little bit beforehand though I think they do I'm not entirely sure but it's going to be at Yankee Stadium for sure but you you know it's just when you see these teams next time you you just hope that this is a different Blue Jays team and it's just it's just it, it just hurts because the Yankees are have been just as much of a mess as the Jays it's not like they're you know you're playing the Astros you're playing I don't know Boston again you're playing Tampa you're playing a team that's arguably just as bad as you are, and who has had their struggles in a different way, and you give them three games, and you make them look like they're running the AL East. That's what bothered me, and especially obviously the home, the, tech, the un, I guess the home game in in Buffalo for the Yankees. That's also kind of annoying as well. But it's just these three games alone were just annoying. Um, they're draining, and at this point, you just you hope, and you have to assume. We're assuming too that the Jays win the series against Baltimore. We really don't know. I mean, I, of course, we we're expecting it, but I don't know. Just based off the performance this year, you can't really guarantee it, unfortunately. And you have Miami again, you have Seattle. So, I guess all you can do right now is just hope that they they win all those series. So,
0: yeah, the frustration is certainly moving onto the field. And when it comes to the Ross Stripling reaction to that Joe Panic air, what are your guys' thoughts on that? For me personally, like I think obviously it's a mistake in the moment. You can't blame the guy for yelling at Joe Panic because of the frustrations around this team right now, but you know you're a professional, you're a grown man, you're a pro athlete. You shouldn't be doing that on the field. And I think the way Ross Stripling handled it with apologizing to Panic personally, apologizing to the team, and then um, you know apologizing in his post game press conference, I think he handled it as well as you would like and with a lot of respect and he was really humble about it. So I don't blame him for it. And I think his apology was everything you could ask for.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm with you there. Like it, obviously it's a bad thing to do. Like you never want to show up a teammate like that, but he handled it in the perfect way. Now. I mean, I I don't think we're ever going to hear how Joe panic truly feels about this. And I don't think we should, that should stay in house, but you know, hopefully this isn't something that truly does carry over. I know, I think it was Ross Stripling said that Joe Panic said to him, "No hard feelings." So hopefully they're truly okay. Like it, I mean, Stripling did seem very apologetic, and he understands that this was a mistake. Like the team, you know, they're struggling. That was Panic's second error of the game. Still inexcusable to do to to yell at him that way. But I like the frustration starting to boil over, and you're seeing it all over the field. But yeah, I, like I'm with you there. You know, he, he handled it extremely well. Kate went out on Twitter consistently there were a few people that tweeted saying like they had like a video of it and they said like how dare you do this you can't do this to a teammate and he would quote tweet them and and basically say yeah you know what I screwed up I think there was one thing where he said young ball players don't do this like he's truly trying to turn this into a learning moment so good on him you know hopefully this doesn't happen again hopefully this doesn't carry over and hopefully it's the last we hear about it but you know good on him for how he handled it
2: yeah, like this is something that is taught to anybody who plays sports, no matter how old you are. Is you don't do that in you know to a teammate like that. And especially in professional sports, when the camera's on you, you don't do that. So I understand that it was the heat of the moment he freaked out. I'm glad he apologized. But at the same time, too, this is Joe Panic who shouldn't be playing every day. But unfortunately, based on the circumstances, the Jays have been asking a lot out of him this year. I mean, he's been playing almost every day. They don't really have a set in stone third baseman, and he's been kind of the guy that's been taking a lot of reps at third base. So, in a way, I do feel bad for Panic because he shouldn't be playing as much as he has been, but he has been good. It's just that you're asking a lot out of him, and we're lucky that he has been giving us, you know, a good a good amount of performance based off of his role. So, that's where I kind of feel bad for him about. But um, yeah, for Ross Stripling, I mean, it was it was unacceptable and it was it was embarrassing because. For a team like that, I mean, you know, just the Jays losing all around, it's just, it's not a good look no matter what it is. It's is. It's—it's—it's a bad look all around, so that's why I'm glad he did apologize and he owned up to it right away, so I don't think it's going to boil over, though. This is probably just a one-and-done one, one and done thing, which is fine, and um, you just got to move past and, I mean, just figure out what the heck's going on with the baseball team. That's all I want. That's all I want right now.
1: Just quickly going into that, coming into that game, Joe Panic only had two errors on the season. It's now up to four, but still, he's been one of their better defenders, and, you know, so, like, to him, like, like, I feel bad for him, because he is, he's a good defender, he's, you know, he knows his role, and he does it well, so it, I, like, I feel bad for him, but at the same time, it's just, it's still inexcusable, and you can't do that, so, yeah, I, like, I just thought, I thought I'd point that out, that Joe Panic, you know, despite the, the added workload, he's still been good, like, two errors in, uh, going into the middle of June that's not bad like that's not bad at all even 4 errors that's still pretty good so
0: yeah it's definitely just a moment where the emotion got the better of everyone and we're kind of seeing how horrible it is to be a blue jay right now manifest itself on the field through that so um i talk about game 2 the ninth inning in game 2 of this series the blue jays were down by a run they get a leadoff single from Vladimir Guerrero Jr., followed by a double by Teoscar Hernandez. Runners on second and third. Um, Randall Grishik, who's been struggling, came back, had a better game yesterday in game three of that series, but he's been struggling a lot. He struck out, and then you have Santiago Espinal pinch-hitting for Joe Panic, who grounds it back to the pitcher. They throw home to hold Vladdy at third. They throw to third because Vladdy was off the base and they get him out at third. I mean I like yes, I blame Vladdy for this, but he's gonna make mistakes. Like these players are gonna make mistakes. Um I think this moment is just magnified by the amount of other frustrations with the Blue Jays right now. Just seems like everything goes wrong. And yes, maybe he was safe. Uh I don't blame the umpires or the re- replay room and New York for upholding the the out call because there weren't enough angles to really prove that he was safe, but again, it's like little things that ordinarily for a team, it wouldn't be that big a deal. Like, yes, straining a runner at third, like running into outs on the base path, like it sucks. Like it should never happen, but every small mistake is getting magnified right now into something that I think makes it a lot bigger than it is, a lot more frustrating than it is, and it just seems like the Blue Jays are digging themselves deeper and deeper into a hole that they can't get out of.
1: Mm-hmm. And, like, all these little things are starting to add up. Like, if you make one mistake, okay, whatever, but you, if you make multiple mistakes and you lose that game and that repeats itself three times over the next two weeks or the next week, it's inexcusable. And I don't know. Now, I, don't, I, I think Vladdy might have been safe, not sure it's hard to overturn those like even though we though we think he might have been safe you need concrete evidence to overturn it like the the league's not going to overturn it just because he might have been safe like no if the umpire called him out then you're going to need to to explicitly see him be safe to, in order to to overturn that call but lots of little mistakes and actually surprisingly there were a lot of was a lot of heat on the umpires especially after that Lourdes guriel jr foul tip now one thing, so I, uh, not a lot of people knew this, so that play was not reviewed, because it's technically not reviewable, now a lot of people asked me, and and I, uh, because I googled this, I was like, okay, what's going on here, and the way that Major League Baseball determines what is reviewable and what is not, is it depends on what is subjective to the umpire's discretion, so take that Vladdy play, he's either safe or he's out, like, obviously, the umpire can miscall it, but there's one concrete answer whereas there's this kind of other gray area of things known as judgment calls where you cannot review them and I explained this to a few people like this way so you you cannot review a ball and a strike like say a pitch was borderline and it was say it was more more a ball than a strike but it was called a strike that's up to the umpire to call that and you can't say that that's a strike or you can't review that it was the same thing like it obviously we can see that there was a there was no contact made by Guriel's bat and the ball but you can't review it because that's up to the umpire's discretion and that's subjectively what he saw. So he, I don't blame him. First of all, I like, obviously the ball, it hit Gary Sanchez's helmet and it sounded like a foul tip. The only reason why I knew it wasn't a foul tip was because Buck Martinez said, Hey, I don't think he, he touched it. And then everybody on the broadcast saw the replays, but the umpires didn't have that, that luxury. So like, I, I just wanted to point that out. It's, it was the wrong call, but you can't blame the umpires because they were not allowed to review it. Had they have reviewed it, call would have been overturned, and thankfully, uh, Teoscar Hernandez was running, and he would have scored, and now that reminded me Game 5 of the American League Division Series against the Rangers, where Rugnet O'Dour ran home, even though it was called a dead ball when the, the Russ Martin threw it off of Su Chu's bat. Good on Teoscar Hernandez, because if that was overturned, he would have scored, and the game would have been tied problem is is you can't overturn that the best you can do is have a meeting with the other umpires and talk about what you saw but given the circumstances and given the no replay I don't blame them for not overturning the call and one last thing I heard people say Charlie Montoya should have made a fight and and done like what John Gibbons would have done and kind of throw a hissy fit on the field and get thrown out but I I think that would have been a waste of an ejection honestly there's only so much you can do when the call cannot be challenged so like what's he gonna do yell at the umpire and say wow major league baseball has this rule in play and you're enforcing it therefore i'm gonna yell at you it's a tough situation at the end of the day the blue jays got the 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 bad end of the stick but not much you can do major League baseball says that that play is not reviewable I think that needs to change i think everything except balls and strikes can be change, uh, can be challenged but as of that game there's not much that could have been done and it's just it it, it it was a negative on the Blue Jays, they ended up losing that game, but th- there's not, really nothing that the umpires could have done, they can't review it, all they can do is go by what they saw in that moment, and what everybody saw appeared to be a foul tip, and I you know, I don't blame them, but Major League Baseball, if you're listening, you gotta change your rules, that needs to be a reviewable play, because that was clearly wrong, the umpires sometimes get the, gets the call wrong, like, look at whenever somebody checks their swing, they might point to the to the third or the first base umpire and say, did I go around? Sometimes they'll say, yeah, sometimes they'll say no. And a lot of times people will disagree with that call. And sometimes people truly are wrong. And that that's why I think that does need to be reviewable. And the league needs to say, okay, we're going to look at things a little bit differently because like at the end of the day, the calls need to be right. And subjectively people can have, can, can be incorrect on what they see. That's all I'll say there.
2: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't look into it as much as uh, like you guys did in terms of like review- reviewable, non-reviewable. I just looked at it from. They just. I mean, the Jays blew it. They second and third, nobody out, and um, you know, even if it was uh, not a foul tip, or even if it should have been, in the runners advancing. Good teams find a way to win games. They don't find ways to lose the games. So that's why I look at it from there. I, I'm still frustrated from that. And I really only looked at it from just that miscue there, but for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I mean, going back to his base running miscue, he's almost been a four-win player this year in terms of his war, so I know he made a mistake, but you know he's not the problem to any of this. He also got the Jays back into a game back in Boston in terms of the third game, and they wasted his game-tying home run the next inning. So I guess in a way it cancels out, but yeah, I mean, I just look at it from the Jays missing an opportunity and... I didn't really look at it too much in terms of the the them missing the call or not, and you know, I maybe it could it should be reviewable or not, but that's that's a tough decision for umpires to have to you know reverse a call like that just that late into a game, which is why I'm, I'm not totally mad at it because again, second and third nobody out and they couldn't get anybody home. Like as much as you want to blame the reviewable plays or non-reviewable plays, the Jays had an opportunity to win the game or sorry they had an opportunity to tie the game. They had an opportunity to to win the game, and um, nothing happened. So, that's that's what that's what frustrates me. I mean, it just uh, it goes back to what we said a couple weeks ago. I mean, no matter if it's the bullpen, no matter if it's the offense. Right now, it just seems like the Jays find ways to lose games, not win games. And if that's saying it nicely, as of now, you're one game below 500, and um, you know you have an opportunity presented like that in the, the ninth inning, like that, and you can't get none of them home. It's just it's frustrating. I mean, we've seen it so many times where the Jays have missed out like that. And I just also have memories from that, uh, the game six in Kansas city, 2015 ALCS. where you had Dalton Pompey at third base, nobody out, obviously a different team and everything, but you couldn't bring them home. Like it just, there's runners both there. Like you, all you have to do is put the ball in play past the pitcher, obviously. Cause that's when all did put it in play technically, but it, I don't I, I, maybe it is harder than it looks. I don't know. But, uh, that's, that's what frustrates me. I mean, not not the reviewable calls or non-reviewable calls because of course you could make that argument. Absolutely you can. But they had the opportunity themselves and they didn't do it. That's that's all I that's that's what I take away from it.
0: Yeah, like that call should be review, reviewable in my opinion. I understand that that's not like the main point of this. It's not the main failing of the Blue Jays in this situation. Like the Blue Jays never should have been down to one foul tip to win the ball game like that should it should never get to that point this team is good enough that they don't have to win that way uh but in that situation it should have been reviewable I understand that yes you can't review every play there's some plays that are just impossible to review they're just pure judgment calls but at some point umpires and major league baseball has to recognize the importance and the severity of each situation yes it's It's not like reviewing a foul tip and, you know, I don't know, the top of the third with no one on base. Like, this is the bottom of the ninth. This is deciding whether the Blue Jays tie the game or whether they lose the game. There has to be some understanding of the context of the situation. And I think Major League Baseball should say, look, if you want to challenge a a strike or ball call, you want to challenge a foul tip, you want to challenge whether a ball is foul or fair down the third or first baseline, go ahead, but you get... I don't know, one or two of those a game. So we don't slow it down, obviously. But you just get one of those plays that are supposed to be non-reviewable. But you just get one in an important situation that you can use. And I think that would be a good way around this. Because, of course, you don't want to slow down the game. But you need something to understand. Or at least maybe the umpires decide to do it. Maybe it's not something where the managers decide to do it. But the umpires say, look, we don't know what happened. This is a very important moment in this game. We need to go to replay. Let's do it. I I think it's stupid to draw an arbitrary line that ends up with some teams losing. Again, the Blue Jays are entirely at fault for losing this game. But I I think the replay system is broken in that regard. Um, I don't know if we have any final thoughts. The only thing I can think of is, thank goodness we're not the Diamondbacks. Like it could be worse, we could lose twenty three
2: straight games on the road.
1: there's always uh, there's always the next game you know. only can get better from here, hopefully,
2: well, the other thing too is I would say like you could be as bad as the Orioles, but Ooh. the Jays are now playing the Orioles, <laughs> so i'm gonna be i'm not i'm gonna be careful with that. I'm gonna wait till I guess the end of the weekend. Mark, I know we uh, I'm gonna give you another chance here to I guess redeem yourself and predict this series
0: <laughs> honestly. I think the the Orioles are gonna take two of three.
1: That's fair, honestly. he's
2: he's reversed he's do he's reverse mm. doing it like what he did with the Jays. Yeah. So now he what he really means is the Jays take two to of three. Because <laughs> well, if okay. the Orioles take two out of three, I, I don't know like I don't know what, what...
0: I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, what do you guys like where do you guys stand on the postseason? I'm curious about this. Will they still make the postseason? Jacob, you want to go first? <laughs>
1: Oh lord! So uh, winning the division is a zero percent. Absolutely, Agreed. Tampa wow. Bay Rays. Well, Tampa Bay Rays are one of the best teams, probably the best team in baseball. They're they're not beating the Tampa Bay Rays in the standings. <sighs> I'm iffy about the wild card. I'm gonna be completely honest because, yeah, they're only what is it, six and a half games back, but there's like six or seven teams within th- that span. And we saw that in 2017, they didn't make the playoffs because part of the problem is, is even if you're two games back of the wild card, if there's four teams competing within those two games, very unlikely that you're going to be that one team that prevails unless you go on a big win streak. So, I don't. I want them to make the playoffs, obviously, but I'm. Give us an answer, yes I'm, or no. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna say no. Okay. Uh, bold take, but. It's we're the World at Series th- to nothing. Yeah, I know wow. we're at the like we're at the point where they're they're gonna need to either like they're thirty three and thirty four. You're gonna need to win at least ninety games to to make it to the playoffs. So they're gonna need to at least go sixty and thirty over the rest of the season or however many games are exactly remaining. But they're gonna need to be a literally a completely different team in order to make the playoffs. So yeah, unless that happens, I don't think they're doing it.
0: The exact number from this point forward to get to 90 wins is 57 and 38 for the rest of the season.
1: I I don't know if they can do that. I I hope they can, but we'll have to see.
2: See, yeah, I'm hoping for anything from 85 to 89. I don't know if they're going to get 90. I really don't. And sometimes 85 wins isn't enough, so it's too early to tell what would be enough. But yeah, I think the division is definitely a write-off, and I think we even kind of Called it back in turn, but except we thought the Yankees were going to win it. But yeah, based off of like fan graphs too, I mean, the the, the chances for the Jays winning the division is now down to 8%. But the thing that scares me is them making the playoffs in general is down to 27%. And we know how high it was at the beginning of the year. So the numbers aren't looking good for the Jays. But I will say, in because I do truly believe that they are going to eventually make moves to the bullpen, make moves to maybe get a starter, make moves to maybe. You know, getting a left-handed hitter, like I said, I do think those stuff will come. And if it's not too late, because right now it isn't too late, but we're you know, it's not, it's going worse than it would be going good. I still think they they get a wild card spot. And even looking at the schedule, they're going to have an opportunity to to do it down the stretch. I'm looking at the schedule throughout July or uh, throughout August and September. You know, teams that are right around the Jays in terms of like the Angels, the Mariners, uh, the Yankees, Cleveland again, uh, Kansas City. The Jays are playing Kansas City, Cleveland, August. They're playing Seattle. They're playing the Angels. Um, they have so many opportunities. And, of course, they play the Yankees in September. So they're going to be playing all these. Unless something drastic happens to this wildcard picture, all these teams that are hovering around the Jays are ahead of the Jays. The Jays are playing at least one more series against them this year. So they're going to have an opportunity to make games up. The schedule itself right now, they're going to have an opportunity to do so. But later down the stretch, post-deadline, you know, throughout the actual pennant race or the playoff race in terms of August, September, they're going to have an opportunity to to, uh, to do it. I will stick to my prediction from the start of the year. I believe I said it, they would be one of the wildcard teams. And um, I don't know where they obviously the wildcard is like impossible to predict. It's literally a coin flip in terms of the old format. But them getting to that second wildcard spot as much as this team has completely ruined my like the <laughs> spirits with this team at all, like anything, my confidence with them, anything, I do think they're going to rebound and they're going to go on a run. I do think so. Second wild card spot, still.
0: Yeah, I'll
2: I'll agree with you there. I think there's been so
0: many one run games that the Blue Jays have lost, and yes, it's because of the bullpen, but like one run games are kind of a flip of a coin. If, if your team is in that many one-run games, I think that's a sign the Blue Jays are the victim of bad luck. And you look at the run differential, even after this series against the Yankees, it's pretty good. Their Pythagorean win theorem is pretty good. It's a lot better than what they are at right now. So, yeah, they're very far back in the wildcard race. And, of course, AL East is pretty much out of the picture. Um, but I, I still have faith. You still look at their schedule so far... They've had the hardest schedule in Major League Baseball. Um, they're at number one. The Rangers are number two, followed by Baltimore, Philadelphia, and then you look at, you know, the the upcoming schedule for the Blue Jays in terms of difficulty. Um, they're the fifth easiest schedule remaining this season for Major League Baseball. So you look at those splits. It would seem to indicate that they have a chance of coming back. And yes, it's going to be really difficult. And, yes, it depends on what they do at the trade deadline, and I know everyone's spirits are pretty much demolished at this point, but I think it's possible. Um, so, yeah, I'll say it happens. I don't know. There's not much point in watching. I feel like
2: if it doesn't happen, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And they have the tools to do it. They do. And in terms of the differential, they're, it's the second-best differential now in the American League. So the only team better now is uh, the Houston Astros. So there you go. But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> well, feel sorry oh, for boy. people
0: who had to listen to this episode. <laughs> it's not very optimistic. Um, but hang in there. We'll uh I think it'll turn around. I think it will.
2: It has um, to. It has to. Yeah, yeah. there's
0: no way it doesn't. If it gets <laughs> it worse from to. here, like I don't know, they that could always a serious issue. They could get swept by the Orioles. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't even okay, say Okay, let's end it there.
0: <laughs> Thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. Um, as always, you can follow us on social media at Section138Pod. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com Section138Pod. You can rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, and then you can find video versions of our podcast on YouTube. It can only go up from here. Uh, we'll catch you after this series against the war